Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on KLUP 930 AM The Answer. You can listen to us also on Facebook, YouTube, TalkLawRadio.com, and, of course, the radio. And today's going to be a really great show. This is our our Sunday afternoon segment. And today I'm going to be talking about the business judgment rule. If you're interested in listening to my interview with Amy Childs, who is an executive coach and chair of uh, Vistage, listen to uh, the episode dated on September 2nd, 2023, where we discuss how to make good decisions with a, a coach and peer advisory group. The mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Listen to Talk Law Radio every Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning on KLUP Radio, 9.30 a.m. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, or TalkLawRadio.com. Before we get started talking about business judgment rule, let's begin with a prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to follow your will. Please help me to give good information about the business judgment rule today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Also, new businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning like in district court, county court, or probate court. Probably wondering why I like to talk about the law on the radio. Well, I've had friends and families, uh, family members who suffered from failing to recognize legal blind spots. It really breaks my heart for people to not understand the law. See, things used to be really simple. We read in Genesis 
the first book of the Bible that God had one rule for Adam and Eve. Don't eat from the fruit of that tree. Well, they broke that law, and uh, soon later, Moses handed down, well, God handed down to Moses the Ten Commandments. Now we have federal, state, and municipal lawmakers that won't stop making new laws, laws that might impact you and your business or your family. So here's some examples. Um, My parents were divorced, and my mom had to go back to school, get her degree, and work full-time. And so my grandparents took care of me a lot. And so because of that, I, I developed a very high affinity for older people. I really enjoy listening to their stories. My dad's parents would tell us about life on the farm. Um, my dad's dad, my granddaddy, he grew up in Nebraska on the farm. And his wife, my grandmother, also grew up on a farm in northern Kansas. And so they would tell us stories about the hardships of living on the farm. Well, my granddaddy had hay fever, and so he wasn't a very good farmer because he was sick all the time. And uh, when they were calling young men to World War II, uh, they discovered that my granddaddy had flat feet and asthma, and so he wasn't good for marching long distances. And so for that reason, he was allowed to leave the farm and go to college. And when he was in college, he discovered that it was difficult for him to see the chalkboard. And so that led him to become an optometrist. And when he graduated from optometry school, they said, uh, there's no optometrists in southern New Mexico. And that's what led to him and my grandmother going to New Mexico and starting a optometry business and and starting their family there and that's where I grew up my mom's mom my mamma she liked to tell stories about how hard it was growing up on on the farm in New Mexico Uh, her parents were bean farmers and her mother died in childbirth and so she was raised by her aunt and my mamma always liked to talk to us about, tell us about how hard she worked. And so that's where I get a lot of my work ethic because I have this little voice in the back of my mind that says, get back to work. <laughs> uh, so that's why I have an affinity for older people. And I try and help older people avoid legal pitfalls, um, avoid exploitation, for example, um, by having con artists call them or email them and try and separate them from their hard-earned dollars. I strive to help families understand how government benefits can help older people and disabled individuals and how that'll help them pay the high cost of long-term care so that they don't neglect themselves or others because they're afraid of running out of money. If you can qualify for government benefits, that helps you get the care that you need uh, without the fear of running out of money. 
also. A friend of mine was tragically killed in a car accident, and uh, I discovered he had no life insurance. And so I was replaying in my mind the last time that we had lunch together, did I talk to him about life insurance? He had asked me about a will one time. He had a handwritten will, and and I reviewed it, but he wanted to make sure, and he knew that I focused on last wills and living trusts. And I just can't remember specifically having that conversation. And so now I try and make it a point to have that conversation with everybody, how important it is to have life insurance to take care of your family if you're not around anymore. Another example is uh, I had a prospect call, fill out the questionnaire, submit it, and I wanted to schedule a an initial consultation. Well, during the time before the consultation, this individual died from the flu. This was before COVID. And so I had all this information about what he wanted to do He had a disabled daughter that he wanted to take care of and help her maintain her eligibility for government benefits. But tragically, he died, and that plan was not executed, so it was not enforceable. So those are just some examples. Um, Since we're talking about business law, I wanted to share an example from something I learned about Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn is a a philosopher, a self-help book writer, uh, a speech maker, a teacher, and he talked about how it's important for uh, people who are in business to know something about the law. And so here's a very long quote from something that he said that I think hits at home so that business owners know that They can't just keep their head in the sand. They need to either brush up on the law in their area of business or they need to have an attorney on retainer. But here's what Jim Rohn said about the law. We all need, right, a little bit. You don't have to be a lawyer, but you've got to know contracts, what to sign, what not to sign, backups, good advice, how to be safe rather than sorry. All of us need a little law. Not a lawyer, but a little law. Especially those complicated days. Everything's important these days. I learned this the hard way. Company wanted to borrow money long time ago up in Canada. Company wanted to borrow some money. The bank said, well, yes, we will loan the company the money if... Mr. Roan will sign personally. And I, Mr. Roan, wanted to play hero. And I, Mr. Roan, knew the company would pay it back, quarter of a million dollars. So I signed, no problem. Sure enough, within less than a year, they paid it all back, quarter of a million dollars. I, Mr. Roan, am now a hero. Well, about a year later, this company gets into financial trouble They go back to the bank and borrow this quarter of a million dollars again. I said, I hope my phone doesn't ring because I, Mr. Roan, won't sign the note this time because I knew they were in trouble. I knew they were probably going to go bankrupt. 
My phone never rang. I'm off the hook. Sure enough, within less than a year, the company goes bankrupt. Can't pay the loan back. But I get this letter from the bank saying, Dear Mr. Roan, since the company cannot perform its obligation and pay this quarter of a million dollars, and since we have here your personal guarantee, would you please send us your check for a quarter million dollars? I said, Hey, hold it, hold it. There must be some mistake here. I signed that first note, and they paid it all back. I wouldn't have signed the second note. I didn't sign the second note. Well, what I, Mr. Roan, didn't know I had originally signed was a continuing guarantee. So now I, Mr. Roan, know what the word continuing means. So, I'm asking you to study a little law, know what to sign, know how to defend yourself. Say, hey, we'll get it back. Don't sign too quickly, I mean. There's all kinds of things here. Be a student. Don't be lazy in learning. How to defend as well as nourish. How to grow as well as take care of your enemies. You've got to learn. Let your library indicate that you're a serious student about personal relationships with your family, gifts and skills, economics, and all the rest. That's from Jim Rohn. And uh, I would add that uh, know a little bit of law, but also have an attorney on retainer so that you can call them and ask questions so that you can have that attainer, re- attorney Review the contract, the continuing obligation, the continuing guarantee to point out risks and challenges that you might not see when you read about it yourself. So I want to talk about the business judgment rule now. And so I'm going to find that section here in my notes. And by the way, I'm going to be holding a seminar with executive coach and Vistage Chair Amy Childs. We're going to be talking to uh, business owners, CEOs, C-suite level executive officers about how to protect the business, how to make good decisions, and especially in this political, economic, and and world-changing economy. And uh, we're going to be doing that on September 21st at the Dominion Country Club from 8 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock in the morning. And we'll have some breakfast food while we discuss uh, these business concepts. So the business judgment rule is somewhat of a defensive argument. When it comes to protecting a business and protecting assets for a business owner, C-suite executive officer or high net worth family, making good decisions and using wise judgment is most important so that you can take advantage of opportunities for growth, so that you can avoid unnecessary risk. And so I asked Amy Childs on September 2nd, what are some of the strategies and tools that you use to help your clients with making good decisions and using good judgment. So check out that episode on Podcasts Everywhere, Facebook Live, or YouTube, 
or www.talklawradio.com. The business judgment rule in Texas generally protects corporate officers and directors who owe fiduciary duties to the corporation from liability or for acts that are within the honest exercise of their business judgment and discretion. There's a very old court case called Cates versus Sparkman that I'll come back to uh, that is sort of the beginning of this uh, scholarship about the business judgment rule. A lot of these cases begin when uh, a shareholder um, wants to file a lawsuit against the officers or directors on behalf of the corporation. So the shareholder wants the corporation to sue the officers and directors for making bad decisions and for causing damages not only to the corporation but also thereby to the shareholders. And so the business judgment rule is this this defensive rule where the officers and directors will say, in our business, we used good business judgment. Uh, we didn't do anything wrong. So we call this this lawsuit on behalf of the uh, corporation through a shareholder, we call that a derivative suit. And it gets kind of complicated, but I just want to focus on business judgment rule. There was a, a case uh, called Dunn versus Chappelle, where Dunn alleged that the the company's um, partners and directors breached their fiduciary duties by approving and continuing to operate a drilling program despite this is drilling for oil, gas, and minerals, despite early indications of lower than predicted production levels. And the defendants, the the officers and directors, the partners, they filed a motion to dismiss on the basis that they did not owe fiduciary duties or the business judgment rule protected their actions. And what was interesting about this case is the court held that a poor decision that leads to a bad outcome is not a breach of their duty. Failing to properly gather and analyze information while making that decision is a breach. So what we can learn from this case is that it's important to properly gather and analyze information while making a decision. And the reason I'm doing, I I did this interview with Amy Childs, the executive coach and Vistage Chair is because she can help a business owner, C-suite level executive officer, properly gather and analyze information to make decisions. And when you're talking about the business judgment rule, if you do get called into court, you can use your, uh, as evidence, I had an executive coach, I had a peer advisory group, and I did properly gather and analyze this information. The fact that my decisions led to a bad outcome was maybe due to the economic climate, inflation, 
the Fed, the presidential election, the uh, the war in the Ukraine, uh, any number of things, but that you did your best. Here's another business judgment case. I'll call it the Ritchie case. The, this was a family business, and I see a lot of family businesses here in San Antonio. Gordon, the father, died. Uh, Dennard and Buddy were the sons. Uh, Gordon had a will, and in the will, it provided for some family members through a testamentary trust. Testamentary trust means that the trust uh, becomes useful after death. You might remember from the Bible when Jesus was uh, talking about the Last Supper, he said this is the New Testament or the New Covenant. Well, testament means after death. And so the beneficiaries of the will were uh, Gordon's wife, also the two sons, and also one of the son's children, which would have been Gordon's grandchildren. Well, the other child didn't have grand or children yet, so that's why his weren't named. Well, the, the child that didn't have children yet, Buddy, he got married to Rupe after his dad passed away, and they had a son named Guy. And Buddy and his wife, Rupe, wanted their son Guy added to this testamentary trust, but you can't just add somebody to a trust after after death because the, that kind of trust is irrevocable. You would have to reform the trust through the court, and Dennard and, and his family did not want to do that. Then Buddy died and left his share of the family business to his wife, Rupe, and his son, Guy, in a trust just like his dad did. Well, Rupe did not want to be a part of the family business anymore because uh, they were not nice to her. They wouldn't let her play any reindeer games <laughs> or something like that. I, I just made that part up. So Rupe offered to sell her shares to the, to the company or to the other uh, owners, and they refused. And so the question is, is whether that was good business judgment. And so this just goes to show you that family businesses uh, need help navigating some of these issues, and uh, business judgment is one of those. Uh, you don't want to make judgments based on your emotional feelings because you could get in trouble. You could get sued. You could have to pay damages for that. So that's why I included discussion about this case. Uh, some family business facts. Uh, Family-owned businesses are, are often facing challenges. More than 60% of family business owners report that reducing the United States deficit and debt is one of their concerns. Successful family businesses embrace a sense of stewardship and fiscal responsibility. The average lifespan of a family-owned business is 24 years. 
about 40% of U.S. family-owned businesses transition into a second-generation businesses. Approximately 13% are passed down successfully to a third generation, and 3% survive to a fourth generation or beyond. That's a statistic from businessweek.com back in 2010. Some businesses are affected by divorce. One local divorce that was in the news recently was the divorce uh, between Graham Weston and Elizabeth Weston. Graham Weston was the Rackspace co-founder. They were married for 27 years. Graham was age 58. Elizabeth was age 61. And what was interesting in this case for me is that when they were dividing up the property subject to the divorce, the question about this this company's stock or the the wealth uh, that was created after Graham had sold to somebody else was, uh, are these assets community property subject to division or are they separate property? And the court found that certain trusts, of which Graham was the beneficiary, had provided the seed capital to Rackspace Technology Incorporated, the cloud computing company. And so that was not subject to division. And it, it probably wasn't a trust that Graham created himself. My guess is it was the testamentary kind, like I just talked about. Maybe his parents left him some money and he used that to purchase or to invest in uh, starting up this Rackspace business. So if you want to protect your children from divorce or creditors or judgments or liens, you might think about a testamentary trust as well. That's all I can talk about today. I've run out of time. Um, I'll talk to you later.